Middle of the Pack. Real discussions for the middle of the pack by the middle of the pack. We'll talk about training and racing, but we're here to deep dive into the life topics of the weekend warriors and obstacle course racing enthusiasts. Obstacle course racing isn't just a sport, it's a lifestyle. We are the middle of the pack. Race by the rules. If you cannot do the obstacle or fail it, do the penalty. Whether it's getting your band cut, burpees, or penalty loop. That's it. Plain and simple. Race your own race means you race it to your abilities. That doesn't mean you make up your own rules which you go against the rules created by the sport. Running by an obstacle, only doing 10 burpees just to say, hey, I finished in XX time, is lying to yourself and a slap in the face to those who race with integrity. OCR Addict 914. Welcome to Middle of the Pack Podcast. My name is Maggie B. ATC. I am the OCR trainer. I am here with my best guys. Oh, it's for us. Uh, here's Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep this in. And Derek, the obstacle activist. So guys, I don't know if you've known this or not, but... I've kind of done this whole Spartan Facebook moderator thing on and off for the last few years. And we took the last year off. But within the past couple of weeks, they decided they were going to bring in the former SGX moderators to help out in the groups answering questions and, you know, just offering more things um, for the community. And one question that has been popping up more and more now that, spoiler alert, we are recording this on the Sunday night of the Jacksonville race. And hey, there was live racing this weekend. Um, so as we were approaching it, the um, posts kept popping up about, you know, the typical, where's the map? And what are the rules? What do you bring on course in terms of music? And, you know, I don't know how many times I have answered this music question, but I'm getting really annoyed with it. And it, so my hot, hot take on that is music is not allowed on course. It is in the rule books that music is not allowed on course. But of course, in open waivers, they can't enforce the rules. So for anybody who doesn't know this, music on course is a safety hazard. So that rule is in there to help prevent any kind of disasters in terms of racers not being able to hear one another or not really being able to be attentive and aware of their surroundings on course. And it's really getting me thinking. We are constantly saying this, run your own race, especially in open waves. Run your own race is the theme around obstacle course racing. But in all reality, whose race are we running? When is it okay to make up your own rules or no longer abide by the rules and say, hey, I'm just running my own race? Oh, I think it really applies. Like, your racing kind of mean a couple different things, but um, I think really run your own race applies to people in not in competition. If you're in the elite or uh, age group, there you can't really run your own race because you are running under rules of competition. Right. So once you're running your own race, you're really just kind of, it's an open wave. You're kind of focusing on what you got to do. 
uh, to get through this. If you mean to try obstacles, you try obstacles. If it means you skip obstacles, you skip obstacles because it's open wave and you're doing what you paid for. Yep, exactly. I mean, run your own race literally and solely, I think, is for the open waivers and open waivers only. The minute you step into a competitive field, yeah, sorry, um, I'm running my race, but also everyone else's race too because that's the whole point of being in a competitive wave is you're running against other people and what those people do affect your race and vice versa. So it only applies to open race, in my opinion. 100%. And I think before we continue on, I know we've had feedback from some people about, you know, us talking about age group and elite waves on this podcast. And some people might not think that middle of the pack really applies to elites or people who are racing for quote unquote podiums. And I think it's good to point out that Derek does identify as an elite. 2021, I can identify whatever the fuck I want to. (laughs) (laughs) But Charles and I, we, we would consider ourselves age groupers. And when we look at the hierarchy of racing, you have the pros up at the top. You have elites who are the top portion of the middle of the pack. You have the age groupers who are quite literally the middle of the pack. And then you have the open waivers who, yes, you will have a lot of people in the middle and a lot of people down. And we are not here to discriminate against any one category of racer. We do talk about the elites, age groups, and open waivers. So we want to make sure that we address that because when we talk about middle of the pack, we are going to talk about, yes, some elite and age group stuff. We are also going to talk to those open waivers. We want to continue to progress the sport and we do not want to discriminate against any one type of racer. Yeah. So with this topic, and as we've already said, when you are in a competitive heat, you do sign up and you click the box agreeing to follow Spartan, Savage, OCRWC, whoever's rules. And in it, it will say, I accept whatever penalties come. In Spartan, that used to be a disqualification if you are caught breaking rules. It is now a five-minute penalty. But yeah, they don't DQ at all anymore, do they? No, they don't, unless you're caught littering. I think so. Littering is an automatic DQ. Interesting. That five-minute penalty might as well be a DQ, though, if you're a top racer. Well, yeah, especially if you're in, like, a sprint or something. Yeah. When you sign up for a competitive heat, you are agreeing to no longer run your own race. You are now running the race of that race brand. You agree to abide by the rules. Well, let's be honest. We've all had that situation where we do see people who are in a early start time or who are in the competitive waves for these early start times. Yeah, we have, I mean, we've seen it in the past where people do jump in the early start time or they're kind of racing, especially back before they split the elites and the age groups apart where you have these people who are, they're running the elite wave to have that, that title. So when they walk back into their office or with their buddies, you can be like, I ran elite for blah, blah, blah. It's uh, it's definitely just to like hold that title and they get in there and they kind of like just clog everything up because uh, they're doing the race that the way they think they should. Uh, I have too many stories of like that happening and was in the 
elite waves before age group happened, I was very much still policing as I went because it's very possible to police as you're running. If anything, it makes more sense that when you are in a competitive heat, yes, it's easy to say of like, oh, if you're able to sit around and police people while you're running, you're not running hard enough. Um, no, actually, when you're running, when you're running competitively, uh, you are able. If anything, you're going to be more aware of the shit happening around you, because if you're just completely zoned out, you're not paying attention to who you're actually racing against anymore. You're at that point, you actually are just running your own race. You're focusing on yourself and not like your competition around you. So you're able to see someone try multiple attempts at a spear throw or skip their burpees or even just somehow keep count when you're doing your own burpee count. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's pretty obvious too. If I mean, if you go into a burpee pit, I mean, I'm notorious for missing my spear in uh, stadium races rip. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where you go into a burpee pit and you're, you know, four or five burpees in and someone comes in after you and they leave before you. And it's like, I'm pretty efficient at doing my burpees. I know damn well you did not do your 15 burpees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which, I mean, it's fine as long as it gets caught and they get their time penalty. But it's like, come on, when, you know, you saw them rep out like nine or 10 and then they're leaving the pit, like it's pretty easy to kind of see and police that yourself too. And I've, I've called people out on that shit all the time. So Charles, you mentioned a comment that you got on your Instagram and I want to actually shine a light on it because I think this is one of the most detrimental comments we've ever received. And this is exactly one of the comments that is hurting the sport. Yeah. So can you go ahead and uh, mention it again and who said it? It's if you have time to police others on course, dot, 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 you're not running hard enough. And it is very much of like, kind of what I'm happy is dying out in the sport of OCR, which is the Spartan up nation or Spartan the fuck up nation. Cause it is very much an old train of thought in this sport. Well, like realistically, if you see somebody robbing a bank, do you turn a blind eye and just let them keep robbing a bank? Or do you like say something, you know, call the police, you want to put a stop to this kind of stuff. If, if we are going to continue to further the sport, we need to continue to call out the people who are cheating or not abiding by the rules. I will say that I was running Big Bear in 2019. I was coming down one of the sides of the mountain. I was running and I'm running up on a group of guys and you can hear it coming from down the mountain. They are blaring music. They're in their red headbands and we're coming up to one of those like tube tunnel things. And I mean, I'm going to say I am totally claustrophobic. So like me having to go through these tunnels, I'm already kind of freaking out. But I'm running down and as I'm approaching these guys, all I scream is no music in age group. And they say, we're not age group. We're elite. And I go through the tunnel and the volunteer hears this as well. And I just continue to scream as I run off then there's really no music. And I hear the volunteer say, no, she's right. You're not supposed to be playing music. And like, yeah, granted, now that people have to have elite codes, we're not going to be having this issue, but we're still going to have this age group. And I will say, no, I am not the fastest runner. I was still running. I was able to call out what rules are being broken and still race. And I think somebody sitting there saying you're not running hard enough because you can 
see this or call this out is completely detrimental. There are people who are still trying to reach their maximum potential just because they're not completely tunnel vision and, you know, flying at, you know, six minute miles doesn't mean we should say, don't listen to them because clearly they're not racing hard enough. Never let somebody tell you, you are not racing hard enough and you should not be calling out people who are hindering this sport. It's, uh, I mean, it's like the story I told at the volunteer episode and then also the, which pairs along with the, the post we made today for this episode of the guy doing the, uh, the monkey bars the wrong way at the DC sprint right before that video starts. It's me and neon Spartan who's next to me. And I'm sorry, I'm blanking on your name. Um, but we're next to me and we both called out to this guy. We're like, Hey man, you can't do it that way. And then we turned to the volunteer next to her. Uh, that's the, the girl in the video next to us. And we both said like, he can't do it that way. Um, you're not, you can only use your hands. And he just, as you, if you watch the video, it's pretty, incredible he's doing basically a weaver on, on on the monkey bars but um we finish it and then uh he actually does drop down he doesn't actually finish and it's because a volunteer from one of the obstacles later in the race which is kind of like still in the same area walks over and tells him he can't do it and i was running hard in that race um granted i'm not at that time i wasn't in my best shape but for me it was still a competitive race and me and the guy next to us still had the ability to go hey he's not doing it right you can't do it that way and we then we just got on the obstacle and kept going um it's only a matter of seconds that's all it takes <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't mean we're not trying our best yeah and i mean honestly i think that's kind of um, a sensitized kind of comment to make i mean yeah even if you're not like top three you know going for a podium it's like you said, Megan, I mean, if, if you clearly see someone blatantly cheating or doing something that they obviously shouldn't be, I mean, it doesn't take, like you said, Charles, more than one or two seconds to say something. You don't have to have perfect tunnel vision and you're, you know, not quote unquote running hard enough to call somebody out. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to do. And if, if that were the case, there wouldn't be call outs in the elite waves that happen all the time. I mean, look at mm-hmm. all the major races. It happens all the time. Exactly. Of, you know, oh, oh, their foot touched the ground or anything like that. I mean, Look at, I mean, most recently, I mean, um, when the when uh, Spartan Race had their Spartan Games or whatever um, on uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, and the whole Hunter and Aaron Knoll thing. I mean, like, yeah, that was between the two of them, but like that was mid-race. Are you trying to tell me that Hunter and Aaron weren't running hard enough during that race to call each other out for shit? Like, come on. I was going to say, Nicole, today, she finished and her time placed her in the top five of all males. Yeah. I can guarantee you she was still passing elite, quote unquote, elite men as she was running in. You know, when we get into the supers, the beasts, I don't know how many times I have heard women saying, you know, they're screaming at the slower male elites to get out of their way or whatever else because they're impeding their progress and no doubt they could just as easily see somebody you know doing the monkey bars wrong or Mm -hmm. you know giving help whatever else they'd still be able to call it out because they are not completely unaware of their surroundings in fact you should always be aware of your surroundings whenever you're on course yeah this this comment does bring up a story that I had heard. So it it didn't happen to me. I'm not going to give away my friend's name because I know she had a really tough race, this race, but it was at the Jersey Beast in 2019. 
and her and I, we climbed the first climb together on the monkey bars. I beat it. She didn't. She's like, Megan, just go, go run your race. I'm like, okay. Um, then after the race, she came and found me and she was devastated. Um, she said she had failed the most obstacles she had failed in a race. She w- did all of her burpees. Um, and there was a girl that started right next to us. And at the time, like the men and the women in our age group took off at separate times. So her boyfriend took off with the men and waited around the bench so he could walk with this girl. Um, and then this girl went on and she skipped multiple obstacles and now she's a spartan quote-unquote influencer but she is known in the sport as an influencer so she was walking past these obstacles people were seeing it and and there were a couple times where my friend was leapfrogging over her on the course and at one point my friend was doing burpees and this girl walks right past her looks at her doing burpees and laughs right in her face and says ha ha it must suck doing burpees and then continued on. She wound up walking past the sandbag. So she didn't do the sandbag at all. And then she went on, took a picture with her beast medal, posted it on Instagram, and everybody started calling her out because they saw she had a red headband. People saw her on course cheating. And in her post, she said she was injured she did what she could she but she walked past obstacles and people said no you signed up to run spartans race if you knew you were injured and you couldn't do obstacles you needed to be an open um she wound up deleting all of those comments mud run guide did in fact repost and i think people then continued to say something on the mud run guide post but it then turned into the marshals had gotten wind that she had been cheating so much on the course that the marshals started watching her closely, pulled her aside, gave her five-minute penalties at races and told her just, hey, you need to be running open. I guarantee you, nobody should be telling my friend, oh, clearly you're not running hard enough when she's bawling her eyes out in a burpee pit and somebody's laughing in her face because somebody is cheating. It really boils down to the integrity of the person because I know who we're talking about. And it's the one thing that really actually does suck in the sport. And it's a future topic of ours, which is the influencer topic in this. Um, plays a big part. It plays a huge part. I mean, and it's a, it's a double-edged sword as an influencer because sadly they help our sport because they have people who look at the sport, but at the same time, they also hurt the integrity of the sport through certain things that have happened there and what they do to get the likes and posts. I guarantee you, if you post a picture at a race, nobody cares if your headband is red or black. Unless you are posting podium pictures, people aren't going to say, oh, well, she doesn't or he doesn't deserve the likes because he's in a black headband versus a red headband. If you think you cannot complete obstacles as they're supposed to be completed, or you're not willing to do your penalties the way they're supposed to be completed, race and open. That is completely fine. Um, what's more respected in this sport isn't, uh, isn't your medal and your pretty face photo at the end of this. It's not even really your finisher time. It's more or less finishing 
and being a part of the community and helping others is more respected than actually sitting around and saying like, I did this, this, and this for this photo and my likes on there. And sadly, that's kind of what this story boiled down to. And also the fact that they put someone else down just so they could have what a better race themselves. They're clearly running in this instance, they're clearly running their own race for their own agenda and not, and it's, they did it just so they could have the early start time, the redhead band, and I guess the, the results page for their athletes, whoever the hell looks at that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's all about the notoriety. I mean, like you said, I mean, yeah, it's one thing to get likes and everything, but it's it's notoriety of like, oh, well, you know, you're open and I'm age group or I'm elite, so I'm better than you kind of vibe. And that's kind of what gives it a bad name. And like you said, Megan, I mean, a lot of people they don't care as much about, you know, what like how you placed or how well you did. But I mean, a lot of people in our community, they much rather see you do well personally and beat up, you know, your own PR rather than, oh, I podium. Like, yeah, if you podium, that's badass. But if you did better than what you did last time, that's way better. And that's why I hate, it really annoys me and irks me. I hate the whole, oh, run your own race. Don't worry about what other people are doing bullshit. Like, yeah, that's fine. If it's open, yes, run your own race. But if it's competitive or elite, or any type, no, I'm going to call you out. And you can call me a Karen for it. I don't really care. But I mean, even if I'm not, you know, in the top three, if I'm eighth or ninth, but you know, the person in front of me cheated and now I'm 10th or 11th, like, yeah, I'm going to be pissed off because now I just lost a, you know, a top 10 spot because that person cheated. So call me a Karen all you want and tell me to race my own race, but I'm going to call you out because that's the whole point of being in a competitive field is it's you against everybody else. And yeah, you know, at the end of the day and after the race, I'll be your best friend. But during the race, if you're cheating, you're an asshole and I'm going to call you out for it. Yeah, I think like where the only time run your own race actually applies inside of the competition zone, it's not like doing stuff by your own rules. It's say this is a hard course for you. Like anytime I've gone to run Palmerton, I run it competitively. That course sucks. I'm always going to have a terrible time. And it's not like the only way I'm running my own race is to say I'm up in my head. Sure. I'm still competing and I'm following the rules, but I'm also like, Hey, I need to focus on myself and keep moving and make sure I finish this in my time. Make sure I'm not actually going to injure myself here. That's kind of where run your own race inside a competition works, but it's not that running my own race where I'm going to manipulate the rules and do what I need to do just so I can finish this race. And it's for that example right there uh-huh. to add to everything else as to why this you're not racing hard enough comment is so shitty and detrimental to our sport because so many people get in their head during a race. You don't know what somebody is going through. So to have the nerve to say, oh, well, don't call people out. You're clearly not running hard enough is just an all around terrible thing to ever say to anybody. Yeah, like the uh, the volunteer post I posted about my 2018 Killington race where the volunteer came and sat next to me when I was sitting on the ground ready to like DNF. Um, if someone were to say I, I'm not running hard enough in that moment, I probably would have. <laughs> probably been pretty bad um it's to say like you're not running hard enough especially if you're super exhausted on the brink of probably needing to go to the hospital when you should have um but that's where running your own rate like not running hard enough doesn't apply it does it sh- you shouldn't say it to anybody really unless you know they're like one of the top athletes in the world then sure <laughs> like, say it to them if you're like trying to hype them up but don't say it to just whoever in the sport you want to. 
And it's not to say that you're necessarily calling out that person to be an asshole to them either. I mean, I've run plenty of races where I've called people out because they were doing something wrong, not necessarily to like put that person down or be like, Hey, you're an asshole, but to be like, to let them know so they don't continue to do it at future races. I mean, before Spartan changed the rules for the bucket carry, there was numerous races where I would like just, you know, mention people as I was passing them or whatever saying, Hey, like you can't shoulder it. Like that wasn't me being an asshole. That was just me like letting them know the rules. Right. And so that they didn't have to go and redo it because depending on the volunteer at that station, the volunteer would or would not make you redo the carry if they saw you shouldering it. So, I mean, that's happened a lot of times too. Oh yeah. I I mean, that's a lot of actually what I'm doing when I'm telling people the rules is because you can kind of tell if, you, if you've been in the sport as long as we have, you can kind of tell when it's someone's first race, especially mm-hmm. if they're running in the competitive waves, you can kind of tell. And it's funny. A lot of my rule enforcement stuff has happened at the DC sprint, but like I've, uh, <laughs> I, I've had to tell guys tr- trying to do multiple spear throws. And, and when you see that happen, I mean, it's pretty easy. Cause I, I waste a lot of time at the spear throw and in, in theory of competitive races, I waste a lot of time. I like to get there, settle my heart rate, throw, and then go. So when you see someone like throw miss, and then you see him wind up again, you, I just turn like, Hey man, you can, you can only do it once. Um, it's only a one attempt thing. So go, go do your burpees. Um, Cause remember our volunteers can only do so much. <laughs> they can only pay attention. 100%. To, so, to tell them to, like, to at least give a little bit of policing, be like, Hey, let's go. Like you can't, uh, you can't do it that way. So with this whole rule enforcement, we are all in agreement. You can, and very much should call people out when they are, breaking the rules in age group in elite how do you guys think we should go about handling i mean we've kind of touched on it in this internet day and age people are kind of assholes you know people (laughs) start posting you know oh hey is the map up yet and the instant reaction is oh take a shot or you know coming back with some snide comment and like people are horrible trolls in this sport should we continue to post things online to call them out? Obviously, we have been posting stuff online on our Instagram. We are making sure with this episode, with what we post on Instagram, we are not going to um, show somebody's face mm-hmm. when we are calling out anything that we're seeing on course. We're not going to give names of you know what we've seen people do on course. Um, our purpose here is not to, you know, throw shade at them. Just say, hey, we see what you're doing and you're breaking the rules and here are examples of how you shouldn't. But we have this post that got so much heat where the person knew they were getting called out for breaking the rules and they just kept deleting all of the comments where people were calling them out. We've seen things like Bucket Patrol on on Instagram where they would post people who weren't carrying their buckets or who were there carrying their buckets on their shoulders. Oh my gosh. I remember the ultra where people were carrying the empty buckets. What was that like two or three years ago where people were carrying empty buckets on the second lap of the ultra? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Like there was a whole Instagram page dedicated to calling people (laughs) out for not following the rules. Is this harmful or is this helpful for our sport? I would like to point out that actually sharing that video, if it wasn't such an old video, because this happened in 2016, I probably would be uncomfortable sharing it because I've had a back and forth with a 
pretty well-known influencer online who kind of did the same thing in Tahoe back in 2019. They posted a video of a person in the age group uh, Tahoe, so this is World Champs, doing burpees. And remember, this is the freezing cold Tahoe. And this person didn't run Tahoe. They didn't run Tahoe. They yeah. Tahoe. Yeah. But uh, what they ended up, they, they posted it and they're like, they did this whole thing. I'm not going to show their face. I'm not going to call them out by name. The problem I had with it is, and why I have such a problem with it, and I only direct message them about this back and forth. And now I actually don't associate with them because of it. But they, when this video that I posted is so old and I tried to blur the face and he's pretty pretty well obscured through it but this person at tahoe 2019 it doesn't matter if you don't see their face or you don't you don't know their name if that person sees it and especially with how influential this person is isn't in the sport they know you know what the back of your outfit looks like at an event like so to call this person out who is trying their fucking best at this event a hard event that's freezing cold it's an asshole move and it's an asshole move but from someone who does get podiums at certain races and does have a little bit of clout. It's a little bit of like a, I'm trying to control myself. It's a little bit of a, who the fuck do you think you are kind of mood. There's a way to address these situations and not be an asshole about it. You, if you knew that person and you could have gotten their bib number, but it doesn't matter because in this point, you're not running that race. They're trying their best. It doesn't matter if their burpees are a little sloppy at this point because it was a hard race. You kind of got to judge it based on that. But also, if you're not in that race, you're just there spectating, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't have to call this person out. Right, and I think that's the kind of the difference between quote-unquote calling somebody out during a race and doing it after the fact on social media. I think those are two very different things. Mm -hmm. Like, I will call someone out mid-race long, say it to them, to their face, and or to a, uh, you know... um, I was going to say referee, not a referee. <laughs> wow, I can't even get my words straight. Boy, today, do I but, wish we uh, had referees. Hey, uh, yeah. apparently they're now being called obstacle referees. That's something that okay, I recently well, learned. In that case, I'll say to an obstacle referee, aka Marshall. Um, like, I'll do that all day long, but that's one thing that I have can at least say that I don't think I've ever done or ever will do is I don't publicly call people out like on social media. I think that's a really bad way about doing it. And that's kind of what you were, I think, you know, what you were getting at, Charles, is kind of publicly shaming them. I've always been very against that, um, just in general, not even just OCR, but as a whole. Um, I don't think that's the right way to go about doing it. Um, you know, versus if you're telling them mid race or after the race or just, you know, more so saying it in the moment or talking to them about it. Uh, it's very different than kind of just like publicly blasting them. Um, Cause then it's just, you're kind of just trying to get attention and, you know, stir shit up basically, basically being a troll. Yeah. Which I'm all for being a troll, but I will never do that. Cause I think that's very, you know, dickish, honestly. I've had like that moment. It happens actually every season. It happens a good amount of time where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to burn my Instagram to the ground and call these people out just left and right and not care. But then I'm like, oh, oh I have like, I have things I have to take care of on Instagram. But I've only actually vocally like called someone out and it was on another post and um, strapping because this is going to be a little bit of a long story. Um, <laughs> but I'm it, ready. it came back to... One of my crutches up until 2018 was I could never finish the Killington Ultra Beast. I tried in 2016, 2017, and then 2018, I got it. Yeah, that was the year I did it. I remember us running together for a little bit. Sorry, carry on. 
in, tw in 2016 was my first attempt and I was doing it after my Achilles, uh, not my Achilles, doing it after plantar fasciitis recovery. And I was running a friend and we didn't make the cutoff. I mean, we didn't expect we would, but I'm aware of the people I'm around and we were running with someone at the time at OCR was a well-known uh, East Coast social media influencer. And when we got to the cutoff, you know, you're a little bit dejected. You kind of sit on the ground, be like, well, fuck, what could I have done faster? What could, where could I have made up time? And you just kind of like suck it up. And you're like, well, we're just going to try next year. We got back to the pit. And when I got to the pit, we're all packing up our buckets because we all fucking lost. And in walks this guy with the buckle around his neck. And everyone's kind of like, you finished? You finished this race? You finished like the ultra beat? And he's like, yeah, I finished. And I was like, and you can kind of see it. Everybody there, he's back. And I was like, okay. Um, I know he was behind me. I know it for a fact. I remember passing him. Because it's one of those things when you know people on social media and if they are a good contender and you pass them, you're going to know and you're going to make note of it. For our own selfish reasons, we want to know who we beat. Um, so I saw him and I was like, yeah, he didn't finish this. But in, so what I'm putting together is like when we got our bands cut and where you got your band cut was the rope climb area, which is right next to the finish line section. I'm, I'm assuming he just went either. He didn't give up his band. He just kind of moved around the crowd that were getting cut, went into the finish line area, jumped over the fire, did all that thing, said he was an ultra beast, got his medal, did that. Monday rolls around now being shared on social media. is his photo with this long story doing this, this, and this, and trying so hard and finishing it and get in. Everyone's like, bravo, bravo, you did it, congrats. And here's me, salty as the fucking sea. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to be the person to say this. And I comment on it, and I'm like, hey, you didn't finish this. I know where you were on this course, and, I, and you did not actually get this. And my comment got deleted. Because um, that's the way it goes. You get to curate what, you, what people see on uh, Instagram and on social media. So that kind of sat with me for a long time. And 2016 didn't finish it. 2017 blacked out before the uh, the uh, middle of the race. And I was just kind of like, well, this isn't my race. I'm going to call it here and save myself. This is where a little bit of now more integrity comes into place. If, if you haven't run an Ultra Beast, and if you've been around the Spartan community long enough, you know Killington is the Ultra Beast. That is a coveted belt buckle. <laughs> to get that and finish it whether you're running elite age group or open yeah that is any that is a coveted buckle to hold so when especially since they changed it yeah but it's still just like one of those things just like you this is well earned so 2018 was my race i finally finished it but it was one of those things of my second lap i was at that uh that one super steep section before you get back down in the area where they make you run down basically like a vertical wall. I don't know. The mountain of Mordor. Yeah. But they, I ran down Basically what it was. <laughs> yeah. Ran down that. And that's the bottom of it is, and it's in the dark at this point. So we're headlamp area and it's the double sandbag carry. And I start seeing, I started an elite in that race group. I had no business being in the elite group. So, and I saw, I knew other age groups and elites around us. Cause that's when they still gave us separate bands. Like they still gave us like markings of like your competition level. So you could spot them on course. And I started seeing people go past the sandbag carry, not doing it because it's in the dark and they just want to finish. <clears throat> and I saw this at the obstacles later on. And I was just kind of like, I could pass this up. I could not do this double sandbag carry, not do the bucket carry, the rig, spear throw, and just walk and finish and be done with this finally. 
or I could earn this the way it's supposed to be earned. Because I know if I cross that finish line, didn't do these obstacles, I would forever look back on my buckle and be like, I didn't earn this thing. I cheated to get here. So I did it. I did the double sandbag carry. It fucking sucked. I think it took me like 15, 20 minutes. And then the bucket carry, I yelled through most of that. Same with the rig and stuff. And then I I only failed my second obstacle of the race because I didn't have the energy to do Olympus anymore. Got over the A-frame, sat there, looked at the finish line, and then finished and screamed as I finished because it was done. And I knew I had earned it at that point. And in my head, that is the definition of integrity in running your race. Because if you're doing this just to get your extra medal and your kudos online, what is the point? Like, what is the point of this just to have extra attention? Why did you go through 26? I don't know how long they make these ultras. 32 miles now. 32 miles. Why did you do that? Why did you put yourself through like 14 hours race just to like have one day of 100 likes on Instagram? Like, it's just not worth it. That's when I think of racer integrity, that's what it comes down to. Of like, I worked my ass off for this. And I know when I finish, I want this to be my race. I followed the rules and I made, I did it the way I needed to. And for everybody in the OCR endurance sports world, we all know that, that the buckle is the most coveted jewelry you'll get from a race. Like Mm -hmm. to get that buckle and say you endured this, that is not a small feat. Mm -hmm. You get so much respect for earning that buckle. And I think anytime somebody takes on um, an ultra, that is the one time where run your own race isn't really all that applicable. Because at the end of the day, if you're not, you know, hitting that 32 miles, that 50K, whatever else, like you did not earn that. You are not entitled to the buckle just because you signed up for it. I mean, in 2019 at Killington, there was a group of racers from the Chicago area and people saw them all over the course in their purple pennies. They were goofing off on course, taking pictures. It was all over. They were ultra runners. They finished one lap of the um, ultra. And anybody who was there in 2019, you know that mile marker 14 when the ultra or when the beast itself was only supposed to be like 13.7 or something. That sign sucked. (laughs) Yeah. So as they were coming down from the sandbag carry and like coming around to the multi-rig and everything else, they threw their pennies into a bush or something. Mm. They finished that first lap. They jumped over the fire and they collected their beast medals and they posted it all over Instagram and never took down their pictures in their pennies. So people came back and they were saying, you know, oh, did you go back and run the beast on day two after you DNF'd the ultra? Oh my gosh, how did you guys get your beast medals? And it's like, you are not entitled to a beast medal if you DNF an ultra. I have more respect for somebody who runs the ultra per the rules and says, I would much rather wear my DNF proudly than ever collect a beast medal and say, well, I did half of my ultra, so I earned this beast medal. As someone who DNF'd Killington back-to-back, I can tell you it is 
a DNFing is a crushing feeling because especially if something as hard as you're working for in an, in a, uh, an endurance race, you worked a lot. You spent so many miles and months of getting this right. Some days it doesn't work. It just doesn't add up. So like DNFing, sometimes it's either you're forcibly getting cut off from, from the race where you're out of time and they cut your band or you just have to throw in the towel. There is no, I've written articles about this. There is no shame in DNFing. Um, Not at all. Sometimes it is the, it's the safer thing to do. And that's kind of a little bit of actually running your own race is like knowing of like, oh shit, I'm not gonna be able to do this. <laughs> uh, I could either end up with a little bit of short-term memory loss, like like me. Um, I should have DNF 2018, honestly. <laughs> but uh, or you can save yourself and say, I'm gonna do this again next year, and it's gonna be better um, than last year. I'm gonna actually get this. And if I'm, oh, I, here's one thing though. I'm because of a little bit of how salty I am. If I were to know people were doing that where they were like oh i'm not gonna finish my ultra so i'm gonna go get that beast medal i kind of want i kind of if they are going to accept that beast medal i at least want to publicly state of like i quit and gave up because i couldn't do it <laughs> i want them to physically say like oh i'm not good enough to do this i want to hold myself to a smaller standard and do this and not that and instead of just saying like i can't do it this time i'm gonna dnf and i'll be back next year because <laughs> if you're just doing it for the medal what's the point I don't know if you guys remember or if either of you were there. I wasn't there, but I think this was, I don't know if this was 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2018 where uh, the Jersey Ultra, there was a massive like hurricane thunderstorm. Is that when it was 2018? Oh, are you going to tell the story that I know too? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know full on details. I just know like the basic premise of it, of uh, the back half of the Ultra group um, because there was a massive thunderstorm. For those who don't know, there was a massive thunderstorm during the second lap of the ultra for like half of the ultra runners and they weren't allowed to do any of the obstacles due to safety because of it was lightning but they're on like i mean you're on a mountain you're at mountain creek so um you can't exactly just like walk off course they hid in the shed by the sandbag carries so the story i heard from somebody who was in the shed and it's another one of those influencers stories Oh, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because that's who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, where people were lying and the person I heard from was in the shed and they left the shed before these influencers and they hiked all the way up the mountain like you're supposed to, came back down around and then they, you know, they kept running through like the obstacles where you have, I think maybe Olympus was out there. The rope climb was out there. Yeah, I think it was like rope climb, Olympus, and Twister or something. Yeah, and this it was basically all all the medical or all the metal obstacles. So I think uh, even rope was in there too. Yeah, and at this point, like everybody was risking um, DNF because they had hidden the shed for so long that they um, there was the possibility of getting that hitting that cutoff and not making it to the fire. Um, so this person saw the fire and they're like, yes, I made it. And then they jumped over, they got their buckle, went back to the transition area. And here were these two influencers who were in the shed with them, never passed this person, left the shed after this person and somehow made it back to the fire jump and were sitting laughing with their buckles the entire time. Yeah, there was a hand. That's pretty much what I was heard and what i was told as well is that there was a handful of people who 
basically skipped out on like a whole section of the course because they were shutting it down, but not shutting it down. I don't know the full scope of that, but basically there is a good group of people that quote unquote finished the ultra, but didn't really finish the ultra. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not the same as the person who actually did the legwork uh, literally and actually at least did the, the running and trail portion and the hiking portion. If you can't do the obstacles because they haven't closed down because of lightning, like, okay, that's not your fault, but you can still climb that last climb. Exactly. Exactly. It, it just makes me think of like, obviously I ran my first ultra trail this past year. Um, and again, like that ultra buckle is still so incredibly coveted. And I was one of those people who went into a 24 hour race and said, I want to run a 24 hour race. I didn't have a distance goal. I just wanted to make it through the entire 24 hours. Um, and there was a group, a very well-known group that were running. And I think they had their sights set on that hundred K. So, you know, middle of the night, two, three, four, I don't know what time it is, but you hear them cheering and say one more lap and they go off on one more lap. They run the opposite way of the trail and we take off on our lap. So as we're running around, they pass us in a way that they shouldn't have been passing us, like um, coming in the opposite direction. And it turns out instead of running that final lap, which the laps were like 4.2 miles, Mm -hmm. you only technically needed like two something miles to hit the 100K. They said, oh, we don't want to run this final lap to earn our 100K buckle. We only need two more miles to reach 100K. So we're just going to run this shortened lap that's unsanctioned. And they were being... They were running with a Spartan Pro team member who is very well known in the ultra community. Mm-hmm. And for them to be creating their own course, theoretically, for this 100K is horrible. Um, obviously, like, run your own race. If, if you need to run only, you know, two more miles to get the 100K and you're okay with yourself for that, that's on you. But it wasn't a course sanctioned 100k and to anybody who saw you they saw you and they know what you did and you just cheated this race i think it's a slap in the face to the race director and to the entire race brand and for me when i was deciding or trying to figure out how many more miles to run one of my driving forces was why i would not stop at 100k was because i was not going to let these people who cut the course finish ahead of me with a faster time to 100k when their final lap of their 100k was only two miles instead of four and kind of like what you said too i mean if if you're going to do that because you want to hit up you know you just want to hit 100k you don't care about doing the full lap that's fine just don't be disingenuous and kind of go to the socials and say that you did it the right way. That's where I think it becomes a problem and an issue. Exactly. And I'm going to say like getting back onto, you know, the Spartan ultras and what other, whatever race brands have ultras. Um, When it comes to open racers, I know at least for Spartan open racers start so far back from the elites and the age groups. I mean, some of them are starting 30, 45, 60 minutes after the elites. 
if you are running on pace to hit all of your cutoffs, as long as you attempt your obstacles, I don't care if you're doing your burpees, because to have the pace needed to still hit those time cutoffs mm-hmm. in, say, a Killington, a Jersey, a Tahoe, a Big Bear, whatever, like that is an incredible accomplishment. And you go ahead and I don't care if you do your burpees. Um, just try those obstacles. Yeah, at least like, you know, like you said, give it a good honest attempt. Don't even just like just bypass it. at least an honest attempt. I mean, that was mm-hmm. actually a thing. I don't know how close you guys followed Jacksonville this weekend, um, but apparently that was a big thing this weekend with uh, with a tire flip. Oh, I saw um, that. So, yeah, apparently like nobody could do the tire flip, like even uh, Kempson. Um, from what I was told, was like digging holes trying to get his hands under Kempson it. Kempson flipped it once, and he um, he lost it because he didn't, yeah, yeah, he didn't give up on flipping that tire. He should have gone to the burpee pit quicker, and Ryan Woods saw everybody struggling. He touched the tire. He said he gave it, he, he gave it an attempt, saw it wasn't going to budge, so he went right to the burpee pit. Yeah, and I mean, give an honest attempt. Um, Again, I didn't see because I don't think there was even live coverage. I'm going solely off of speculation and what people have told me, but some people didn't even touch it or they touched it and went or they went straight to the burpee pit. And I guess that's part strategy and I can understand that. But like, I feel like you should at least have to try the obstacle, like an honest attempt. At the same time, I get it. It is strategy, but that's a whole other topic that I won't get into. Yeah, that boils down to uh, just kind of how it was in the old days of you're working within the rule race. Yeah. If it just says an attempt, what is the definition of an attempt? Is it touching it? Okay. <laughs> if that's the gamble you want to do, but like that's part of the gamble. Yeah. I mean, if you think you can out burpee somebody and or knock out your burpees while Kempson's trying to dig his hands underneath the tire and go ahead. I mean, that's the whole reason why he didn't podium. I guess he spent like five minutes there today. So yeah, those tires are a bitch. <laughs> we say give it an attempt. Does that mean if I can't do the ape hanger, I can just go and climb on top? No, because that's against the rules. <laughs> if it's against, like, if you're if you're directly going against the obstacle rules, then that's not an attempt. If you're like climbing onto an obstacle that you're not supposed to be, like, your body's not supposed to be on. Then say in like the open waivers, run your own race. Oh well, I can't do this obstacle. So like our video showed, I'm just gonna climb on top. Luckily, with that, I feel like I hopefully we're getting less of that because remember, we had people do that at one. We had someone do that at one of the stadiums where they did the rig or the monkey bars on some like piggybacking on someone and they fell. And am I remembering correctly? Did they get just hit their head or did they break their neck? But they fell either way and they wanted to see Spartan. And that's why also volunteers aren't supposed to be helping people on obstacles Um, came from that ruling as well, I believe. But like. Luckily, yeah, if if you're running your own race and open race and you don't know how to do the obstacle, don't try to do it any different way that you know is unsafe. Like, dear God, don't use your hands and feet on ape hanger. That's it's not that's not safe at all. Uh, ape hanger is a very even just using your hands. That's a very unbalanced ladder because it's a it's a climbing la- or a, a caving ladder. I was going to say, no, that's just, I mean, that's the difference too between, you know, cheating or doing an obstacle and, you know, improperly versus doing it, you know, unsafely. Um, I think there's a very big difference. You can easily cheat an obstacle or, 
get help or assistance, that's one thing. But if you're being very unsafe about it, where you are like trying to crawl or hang off of ape hanger, the monkey bars, like upside down, like, uh, don't do that shit. But if you're doing something where you're bypassing an obstacle or you're touching the ground and then jumping back up, that's, that's different. That's blatant cheating. So when we posted um, the video online today on Sunday, um, we got a lot of feedback. So many people were commenting and OCR Kelly, we've mentioned her before. Um, she went on and said that she's seen a lot of disingenuous rule breakers and like the safety realm when she's volunteering. And she gives one instance in particular she said, I was volunteering on Twister in Jacksonville in 2019, and a man running open had his race partner on his shoulders. I told him they could not go through Twister that way because it was a liability. He ignored me. I repeated myself. He told me it was fine. I said, sir, if you fall, you will take down another racer. He then said, I'm not going to fall. Mind your own. She put the expletive face, so I'm going to say it's a probably a not great word. Business. Um, and then she went on and said, I'm all for open racers challenging themselves as long as, as long as they follow basic safety rules and their actions don't directly impede other racers. And that goes saying there have been instances on course where people have put, you know, their partner, their friend on their shoulders and helped them out across the monkey bars, the multi the twister, mm. whatever else. Mm. Yeah. Um, so then as we went on and more people were talking about this, um, Boulder Dash is such a great race. And since we did mention the people on top of the ape hanger, I will say they do have a ladder obstacle at Boulder Dash. That is like if you were to climb on top of the ape hanger, like one of those carnival games where you have to climb the ladder and it's like one point at the top and at the bottom. And that's like one of their hardest obstacles. And I can't wait to beat it because if you're running the OCR world championship heat, you have to like ring the bell while staying completely on top of the ladder and you can't let the ladder like swing you around. I I digress. Lynn at Boulder Dash commented on our video as well saying there's no safety padding under the obstacle because its purpose is monkey bars and you are not far from the ground using the obstacle in the way where he was climbing on top using it as a weaver can really put the person at risk for serious injury and then i just engaged in a conversation with her a little bit more and she said that they're lucky they um, so Boulder Dash is partnered with their charity. So a portion of every Boulder Dash registration or, you know, your boot camps on Sunday, they go towards Find Your Bold to help out the community. And she says their unique partnership with, with Find Your Bold allows us to utilize a full course every Sunday for boot camps. At these camps, we not only teach slash guide the runners on the obstacles, but we are also able to teach or guide the helpers how to conquer the monkey bars as a team. We guide the runner and we also address how to avoid getting hurt when you are the helper. So she says that in no way should it ever be on the volunteer to address somebody who is a safety liability. Doing the obstacles the wrong way to the point where they're at risk should not be on the volunteer. The volunteer should call somebody with more authority, but unfortunately by the time they get there that person is usually gone through but i love how they are working with their volunteers to educate them on more safety precautions 
So it's not just a, hey, you can't do this, but hey, this is what can happen and this is how you should be completing it instead. Yeah, and if there are any people who are listening to this podcast and don't know how to do certain obstacles, I mean, you can try it the way, but the best way to actually just learn the obstacles, especially in a race setting, is just watch a couple people do it. And it's pretty obvious to tell when someone is doing it wrong, especially if they are climbing on the obstacle. There's, there's no reason to climb on, to climb on or atop any obstacle to do it. Uh, I don't think we actually know of anything besides Weaver where you are physically climbing on an obstacle that way. Um, and yeah, if you need to learn how to do obstacles, I mean, there's plenty of videos online. There's just, just watch someone do it a couple times. I know two people that can help with that. <laughs> obstacle activist (laughs) or you can just learn the natural way like i did um and then then, uh, (laughs) it's gotten me this far all right (laughs) then getting back to this whole run your own race philosophy i think that we have this such a diverse idea of what this all means so many people in open are like yeah just let me run however i want to run yeah some people break the rules i'm gonna climb on top of the monkey bars i'm gonna wear my headphones or my speaker out on the course um and we got a lot of great feedback about what run your own race means and we're going to continue to post it all week on our instagram but then there are also the people who use this whole run your own race as an opportunity to just get more Instagram fame or whatever else. Um, and they completely bypass all the obstacles and open just because they want to take a picture of that athlete's race results saying, I got first in my age group. And I know I've stayed with somebody at a couple of different races who has come up to me and said, I, how do you beat this obstacle, this obstacle, this obstacle? But then when I see her after her race, her race time is better than mine while she's in open. I know she doesn't know how to do these obstacles and people have seen her skipping burpees. It, it's getting to the point that some people in open are so incredibly obsessed about that time that they just completely neglect the obstacle part of the race. Yeah, but... um I think with that, it's pretty much people who are just looking for clout. But I mean, like we've stated a couple of times, it's people who are in open. And honestly, to me, open is kind of like, as long as you're not ignoring obstacle safety, open's kind of the wild west. Like you're just there, you paid for this and you're showing up and you're doing it. And I'm kind of okay. Like, I'm kind of okay with that. If people want to, because I mean, I think we've all checked athletes when not at a race just to see the finish times of like the pros before we have to like sit there mm-hmm. and wait through like like we said Jacksonville happened today. I just want to say coverage for who finished for Jacksonville, awful. Um oh, couldn't yeah, find I had to go through like five pages to find yeah. out who the hell oh, won. I, I was definitely watching on another OCR media-ish things Instagram and they missed the men's finish mm-hmm. completely. And then they rushed over just in time to see Nicole finish and everybody's commenting top five for the men, top five for the men, top five for the men. They couldn't find it at the venue. I went on Athlinks. I posted the top five for the men from our podcast page. And like, I was the first one to tell everybody who was watching this coverage while I was just physically watching this coverage. 
Um, the, the coverage was really not great, but I was like watching that athletics to see what happened. So yeah, with, with athletics, you end up seeing like the fat, I, I forget how you can sort it online, but you can usually see the fastest time. And sometimes you do see that, like it's a, it's a super, but for some reason there's like a 35 minute finish time in open. <laughs> You're just kind of like, yeah. Wait, yeah, what? That and it's just kind of like that, that person's just running whatever heat they want and i mean if they just want to run a super like run that shit and don't think about the obstacles trail races but hey they wanted to they wanted to do it that way and some people just do it that way and i mean it sucks for the sport the only way we could really negate that is if spartan stopped timing the open and you paid i don't know 10 to 15 bucks extra just to get timed Oh. Well, and and that's why you know that's why I do think the whole run your own race thing applies to the open because that happened last year. I don't know. I mean, you guys probably both saw it um, at Greek. It was yeah, it was it was Greek Peak. Uh, it was a really big thing in uh, Northeast Spartans or Spartans Northeast, whatever the hell it's called um, now. Yeah, one person in particular, and it was at no fault to them. They basically DNF themselves after the first climb because at Greek Peak you go up pretty much straight up for the first like mile mm-hmm. basically dnf themselves came back down but they crossed the finish line so their timing chip went off um they gave the volunteer whatever their their timing chip but on athlinks it showed they finished the race and it still put them as number one in open with a time of like 15 minutes or something crazy or 20 minutes and people like obliterated and blasted this person on social media to the point where like they got really down on themselves and like really really upset and like just kind of depressed about it and some people were backing that person being like hey it's not their fault like it's just like an athletes thing like they can't change it they gave up their band and everything um and then you know other people that were kind of joining in they were like you know fuck you like how are you gonna lie and you know disrespect you know sport or anything like that and it's like that's like you you know if you're upset that much about a time and open then that's when you need to go and start running age group okay if if you're worried about time, don't run open, run age group because that's the whole point of age group and elite is to worry about your time. I don't think there should even be times in open. At the same time, though, Agreed. I do understand why there is. So you can for the people who maybe only do one race or it's the first and only race they're ever going to do, they want to time themselves. But it does kind of create that problem where now you're comparing yourselves to those people who didn't do their burpees or didn't cheat, and that's why people are constantly i mean it, it happens weekly well back when races actually still happen where people would comment and be like i saw this person or so many people not doing their burpees blah 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 and then you have uh, people you know jump in and say the whole run your own race type of bullshit so i don't even think there should be a time in open so with that with the open timing it, at least i mean not this year because ocrwc doesn't have qualifications for 2021 because of the pandemic Oof. But any, I know, any um, other year, you can qualify for OCRWC with a top five finish in your age group in open. So there are going to be people, yeah, there are going to be people who, you know, skip obstacles and quote unquote, run your own race only to get that OCRWC qualification. And then they can go and jump in age group at OCRWC. I mean, I would love it if OCRWC took away the open for an age group qualification and put them just in journeyman because journeyman is the open of OCRWC. Um, But that's here nor there. That's their call. Um, 
if people want to be timed in open, one, you shouldn't be comparing your times from Killington 2017 to Killington 2018 to Killington 2019 because the race distances are always different. The elevation's always different. Obstacles are different. If you want to compare your performance year over year at the same venue, take a look at your pace time on your watch or take a look at you know, what obstacles did you beat versus the year before? Take a look at the difference in elevation and see how that all plays a factor. Because I can tell you, like, in 2018, I crushed Killington. I, like, dropped two hours off of my time before. There, there was, like, a couple miles less from 2017 to 2018. And then by 2019, they completely mind-fucked us all again with mile marker 14. So, like... God, I hated that sign. So I'm not going to compare my 2019 to my 2018 because it was a completely different course. So the time doesn't matter. We don't need timing in open waves. Yes, we should have it as an option for people who want it, Mm -hmm. but it is not necessary. And I think it's just continuing to drive this self-centered look at me, Instagram fame culture we have going on in this sport. And that's why have the issues with a lot of the other open waves in the other series. Uh, I mean, like you look at like Rugged Maniac, you don't see any drama happening at Rugged Maniac during open waves. Now I know Spartan now technically owns Tough Mudder, but same thing. You don't have drama about open waves at Tough Mudder because they don't time anything at Tough no. Mudder. Tough Mudder was not designed to be a race. It was a team event. If anything, Spartan would actually be saving themselves money by not timing open. Yeah, you're not paying for all those extra timing trips. You can actually pull the timing mats earlier at that point. But if you at least add an option, then they can actually make some extra cheddar because we know Spartan Race is good at making extra money, or they sometimes are. Um, they just raised their prices two days ago for all of 2021 for the races that are not happening. That's how you get people back. You raise the cost. Uh, <laughs> and then cancel races and don't give refunds. Yeah. They can't give refunds for for that matter. Yeah, yeah, no. But but they're uh, they're starting to they're starting to not even give transfers. People have transferred like four and five times. They're not even transferring. But I digress. That's a whole other situation. Luckily, that's not me because I haven't registered for shit for Spartan for over a year. Yeah, I haven't registered for Spartan. I also just want to reinforce, like, for anybody listening who does run open way, but we are not per- we are not actually like shitting on you guys because. Open races where you we love you guys in go, open wave. Yeah, open races where you go to get better. And actually, I think uh, one of our listener comments has actually summed it up pretty well, which is mud and mud and mom responded. I don't remember the venue, but there was a female in open who used the I think she meant to say truss to do the rope climb. Yeah, horrifying thing to do, especially if it's a muddy race. But we were all covered in water and mud. There you go. And she fell pretty close to the top, which also interjecting i've fallen from the top of a rope climb when there was water that shit hurts um that's why you can't kick the bell on a rope climb she continues i see run your own race as don't be deterred if you can't or are too tired to do burpees if you're injured don't do obstacles that will make your injury cause you pain if it's your first and you have no effing idea what you're doing and are nervous skip it I would rather watch someone skip burpees, skip obstacles, or stand back for a minute watching technique or even DNF than doing stuff like this female racer or the guy in our video did. Things blatantly against the rules are not safe. Racers may see this and think it's okay. It's just bad all around, which is actually where I stand on a lot of stuff I see. We 
OCR wouldn't be a sport uh, without the open wave because that's where mass money is. So when I see things that are going to look bad for the sport, I have I actually feel pretty badly about it. And I have gotten in arguments online with people about it where you end up in the toxic side of OCR people who think Spartan races are built for tough people and stuff like that. That whole old old culture bullshit. But yeah, that's one thing we do have to remember is some people this may be their first race and see that. And now they think that's okay. And we do have to remind people of like, it's not going to be okay to do it that way. We have to, if you're a consistent racer of obstacles, you do when you're doing this for fun to remember that if you enjoy doing this, you kind of got to set a little bit of an example. So other people who are doing this for their first time, don't think fucking around and climbing all over obstacles way is going to be an okay thing to do. And that's kind of what I was getting at the beginning of the show, too, when I mentioned everybody commenting about, like, the no music on the race. And people can get really nasty and trolling online. Like, a lot of times people who are asking about the map or asking about music, they just, they haven't ran a race before. And they're just, they're they're genuinely curious. And people coming back with these snide, rude, nasty comments are just deterring them from our sport. We all started an open at one point or another to see if this is something that we wanted to spend the money to jump into a more competitive wave. I mean, I don't know a single person who hasn't ran an open wave just to kind of test the waters or, you know, play on obstacles or whatever else. When I comment about, you know, hey, music isn't allowed on course, one thing I always make sure to say is the best experiences I've ever had were in open waves when I was talking to people around me, really getting to know people because we're suffering through the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. The open waves are so much more than just, oh, go do what you can. I mean, this is a bonding experience. A lot of people are out there doing something they never thought possible. And having this trolling mentality is just detrimental to our sport. So in no way do we ever want people to see this episode as us saying, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, you don't want open waste timed and, you know, you expect us to do all of these rules. Like, no, do what you can. If you're injured, if it's outside of your ability, that is okay. You don't have to do your burpees. Do whatever you feel is comfortable for you for your penalty. The more you come out and race, the more likely you are to then beat an obstacle you haven't beaten before or you know I remember one of my friends coming back to me the first time she was able to do her full 30 burpees and how important it was for her to be able to finally complete 30 burpees for not being able to do an obstacle and those 30 burpees for somebody is really difficult so we want open ravers to continue to come on out that being said, no one wants to listen to your shitty Ariana Grande song while going up Killington Mountain. So please keep your speakers at home, guys. Um, and yeah, I think we've mentioned it. I'm, I'm a huge Ice Nine Kills fan. We're all huge Ice Nine Kills fan. We like music that screams at us. If you don't want to hear our music where people are literally screaming at us, we don't want to hear your music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the best thing. I've made a... A lot of my longer races have gotten by, not because I had headphones in, um, not because of I was having a good time. A lot of the best races I've run and I've gotten through my 50 miler, my 100 miler, my ultra beast. What got through was actually sitting around and talking to people on course. 
if we ever do an endurance thing and I have a shit ton of, of uh, tips to give to people, Derek, if you need any for Leadville, um, I have a whole bunch. But the thing to get you through people is to make friends with people because it makes it less hard and it less miserable and it doesn't seem like it's going to take forever. I could not have gotten through that 24 hour race without Charles and Brian and Mike. We had funsy lap at 3 a.m. because the um, park where we were running was haunted. We told ghost stories. We met so many people and we spent that entire 24 hours together just talking, meeting people, telling stories. I think I brought my phone out once for music and we didn't even listen to it. And completely off topic, but side note, uh, Jacob says our podcast needs more tacos. Oh my gosh, can we please? No, when when we first announced that we were doing a podcast, he, he just messaged me and said, tacos, tacos. He wants to come on and talk about tacos. So I would be all for it because if anybody follows me, you know I am madly obsessed with tacos. But we digress. Um, yeah, I would still say he would appreciate my 50K then was my, and you appreciate it as well, my mid uh, lap for my last 50K was tacos every time. So mad. My parents, when they came out for the 24 hour ultra, I told them, I want you to bring me tacos. So I sent, I gave them the address to the nearest Taco Bell um, because I, I used to work at Taco Bell when I was growing up. I love Taco Bell. I don't care. Um, I said, you know, just get us like one of those massive, like 12 pack of tacos. We will eat them. And they drove to the Taco Bell and it was closed. And that was heartbreaking. COVID, will you bitch? <laughs> I know. But we have digressed. So with open racers, well, I'm, I'm not going to say open racers. With this small group of open racers who are so obsessed with that placement versus their obstacle ability or overcoming whatever else. We, we continue to see the uprising in our sport about the obsession of the numbers and the stats and trying to impress people online instead of trying to better ourselves. And now with the amazingly disgusting thing of Strava, where we are connect, collecting our, you know, crowns and we are collecting all of our PRs on our segments. We are seeing people who will post their Strava workouts and their moving time is an hour plus less than their elapsed time. Mm -hmm. And at what point is this, are, are we just hindering ourselves and lying to ourselves and not really seeing the progress in our race results? Yeah, um, I honestly forgot this part of this because I was so focused on the racing side. I forgot we talked about doing the Strava stuff. Um, it's all your idea. It's all it's I, I'm even the one who wrote it under the topic. Um, it's coming down to like, yeah, it's really cool to have your PRs. Neat segments. I personally don't give a shit. All I know is Strava automatically syncs from my Garmin. Sometimes I update it and I like give people kudos. But Especially if you're being trained by a coach, I can't imagine what the coach would say if they saw the results in the moving time is vastly different. But if you're posting online, you're saying like, I can tell you. Yeah, I know you can. <laughs> but if, if you're posting of saying like I did hill repeats in this amount of time and it was so fast and then you look at the moving time and it's instead of 45 minutes, it's an hour and 45 minutes. 
cool. You got the likes. Know where we're going to see this play out? Your racing season. When you're not as fast as you say you are. You're cheating. Like, you're not bettering yourself. You're cheating yourself at this point. And the best part is no one gives a shit about the training time. I've posted my best. Like, I've actually hit most of my best PRs during my training. (laughs) I've rarely gotten them in my PR. Sure, I've bragged about, like, when I cracked 20-minute 5K. But no one really cares about the training segments. It's just a bragging point. And then if you're lying about it on top of it, what's the point? What are you getting out of it? If you're training specifically, you should not be going balls to the wall every single workout. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned You that. know, you can set a time trial and that should be one that, you know, maybe you want to impress people on. But if it's not a time trial or if you're not going out and saying, I'm looking to capture this crown or I pushed harder on this segment because I wanted to get a better result on this segment because I know it's on the Strava thing. Um, You should not be pushing like balls to the wall in every single workout. Nobody really cares about what you are doing on your Strava unless you are saying, hey, I went out to capture this. Um, It's awesome to see the slow progression of what we are doing. But as a coach, I will say I would much rather see a client lap their watch after an interval segment so I can see how they're recovering than if they were to just stop their watch altogether, walk back down the hill, take time, rest, recover. Okay, here we go, sprinting back up the mountain at six-minute miles. Okay, they just died. They stopped their watch. I don't know how much time they're taking to rest and recover. I want to monitor their recovery periods. I want to see how their heart rate is trending on that rest interval because the work to rest ratio is so important in your training. You should never go balls to the wall and then just flat out rest until you feel good to go again. You should stay stick to very consistent rest intervals to see the greatest success. In fact, I called Charles out on it a couple of days ago because he had hill repeats and I tell him, lap your watch. And I I say, okay, run uphill and then just recover on your way down. And I could tell that he was jogging his, um, his recovery. And I said, why are, is your heart rate not getting any lower? You are starting your hill repeats in the 160s and you are gassing yourself out. You can push so much harder if you are giving yourself that rest and recovery. But if he just stops his watch, I don't know what he's doing on his recovery. I would like to interject. I'm learning. It's taken eight years, nine years. (laughs) It's all learning experience. Not shitting on you. Just using you as an example because it literally just happened. She's totally shitting on you, Charles. I was actually going to bring it up like that you commented on my on my uh, results or not. Yeah, my workout the other day about it. Yeah, it's just kind of I mean, I'll lose right back into if people are just like cheating themselves, even on Strava, it just really it kind of loops back into the integrity of it. And I think the one thing a lot of people forget is, yes, you can post these nice photos online with your medals and brag about your XX time and whatever. But I th- I've said it before. Your fellow racers are going to know. 
it doesn't matter how many people like your photo, your your fellow racers who you see every single time are going to know what's actually going on. Even if we're not vocal about it, we're going to see it and it brings into effect, it brings into question your integrity as a racer and more so your you as a person. It says a lot more about. So if you're willing to cheat to finish a race, what else are you willing to do in life? Like if I know someone is going to cheat on course, I know that I'm just, I'm not going to be able to trust them in certain ways because they only want it for certain reasons. That's funny. Cause I was just about to read Mark's comment from online that said, I would rather finish last and do each obstacle to the best of my ability slash pay penalty than finish quicker and know I cheated. I'd have to live with that the rest of my life, regardless of whether anyone knows anyone else knows if I cheat at a race, then I'd cheat at anything. I'm like, yeah, exactly. If you can live with yourself knowing that you cut the course that you, you know, didn't attempt an obstacle to the best of your ability or, you know, that you posted a picture online knowing full well that you didn't do what it takes to earn that medal. Like that's on you. It comes down to who you are as a person and what you can really live with yourself with. I'd also like to point out uh, what Mark said, finishing last and knowing I did everything to the best of my ability. I would like to say 2018, I have the perfect title of 30 to 34 dead fucking last <laughs> with my band. It's a, it's an honor. It's a great privilege. When you try your best and you're stuck out there doing obstacle after obstacle, you know what? Sometimes it's pretty great to be dead last. (laughs) Just like I see no shame in that DNF. If you would much rather DNF an ultra than cut course, walk past obstacles, I have more respect for you because you know that you are doing everything as per the rules to earn that buckle if you can wear a buckle knowing that you only did half of your ultra or that you cut out five miles or whatever else like that's you but at the end of the day you didn't earn that best advice is to just stick to you who you are as a person and just remember that people are watching and what you do and decide to do on course reflects who you are in real life and really attract like that's how you're going to attract or detract friends and then especially if you are doing shady shit on course you are going to be start harboring a little bit of like a whisper area of people talking shit about it um and which sucks because i actually don't like that there is such behind closed doors shit talking part to this sport kind of sucks like that we do not behind closed doors though yeah it's very uh, much out in the open the only way we can silence the trolls are to cut back on what everything what everybody is doing it means that we need to start calling people out on course so we don't feel the need to call them out on the internet so i think kind of to sum it up i have two quotes to pull from because i think they sum it up perfectly one is mudding mama mudding why do i see mudding mama mudding mom do your best try your damnedest don't half-ass it and push through the tired i think it's a good way to sum up a lot of this but also what hard gainer blonde says Unless you're aiming to podium, run to be better than you were yesterday. And I think that's kind of where we set on run your own race just as a whole. Run to be better than you were the last time. 100%. But if you are racing or aiming to podium, make sure you are running the race brand's race and not your own race. And I think that's really like where we settled on it. 
And this was a, I'm not going to lie for me. This is a very therapeutic episode. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Same. I've been holding on to a lot of my stories that I've told within small groups that I'm glad I can actually put them out in the open. I think I should just make an Instagram that doesn't have my name in it where I can call people out and get away with it. <laughs> be like the OCR onion. Yeah, be like OCR onion and just post and shit talk on everybody. <laughs> but now that I said it, everyone will know it's me, so I can't do that. <laughs> no, but I think this is, it's really good to, again, just tell people like, hey, we see you. Mm-hmm. And to try and be that positive voice in the community and say, we are mm-hmm. sick of the trolls. We're sick of the shit talkers. Like, if we are going to better the sport, we need to better it as a whole. And we need to not only call out people who are treating people poorly, but also identify ways to handle things in a positive light. Be mature about it. Be an adult. We're all adults here. <laughs> handle it that way. Don't be a dick if you see someone breaking the rules. Try to enforce or try to educate them about it. It's kind of the best way to go. Um, and never tell somebody to try harder. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, so now we get to the fun part where we wrap up all about our, uh, our posts. So Megan, where can they find you? My name is Meggie B A T C on Instagram. I am the OCR trainer on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Derek. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, just Derek Rosansky, or you can follow me on my Instagram, which is obstacle underscore activist, as well as YouTube. I'm obstacle activist on there as well. I uh, do want to give a quick little plug for myself as well, real quick. Um, I was not selected for the Leadville 100, so I'm going the um, the charity route where I have to raise, what is it, like $3,500 for a charity. Um, I'm doing a charity for the uh, Challenge Athletes Foundation, where basically they kind of give um, opportunities to support people with like physical disabilities and challenges to kind of do physical fitness and be competitive ath- um, athletes. So I'm starting to GoFundMe. That'll be posted later this week. Um, by the time this posts, it'll be up and ready. So if you want to donate to that cause, it goes all toward that charity, but it will help gain me entry into my 100 to my 100 miler. So that would be fantastic if you could do that. So sorry for that quick, uh, shameless plug. Oh, oh perfectly fine. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at sabertooth underscore OCR. That is S A B R E T O O T H underscore OCR. And you can follow us on Instagram at middle of the pack pod on Facebook at the middle of the pack pod. We don't really do anything on our Twitter, but it's mid pack pod. Um, remember to, Subscribe, follow, download, listen on all of our podcasting uh, links. You can find it all on our link tree, on our Instagram, and I think on our Facebook. Um, Review us if you can. That'd be great. And then also, I'd just like to put it out there just because hearing it, talking with my local friends who listen to it. If you have any suggestions or anything at all that you feel like would help the podcast, let us know. We're always willing to listen and improve and see how it's going because for all of us, this is the first thing, so we're learning as we go. And we are a very community-based podcast, so we want you guys to be involved. Um, so yeah, make sure to pay attention every week as we post questions and stuff. We're really we're not looking to boost our own podcast. We're looking to actually support the community and get you all out there. So when we do ask questions, we're looking for stories and input so we can actually promote you and the sport we love. So with that being said... Um. Thank you. I don't. I forgot my. Own, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um. That being said, deuce, bitches. That being said. <laughs> yeah. Peace out. 
Thank you for listening. Um, we'll talk to y'all next week.